After Meta increased the price of their VR headset, Sony is increasing the price of the PS5 in some places. Plus, can bad reviews affect the stock price? Apparently so. Tonight is August 28th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. Have to make sure everything's working here. Had to do a little bit of changing at the last minute of what's going on. But hello, everybody, and welcome to a pre-Dragon Con edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network, and come uh, join us, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. But like I said, this is a podcast as well and most people are actually listening on the podcast but if you do want to interact uh we do have a discord server it's not very busy so it's very easy to keep on top of uh it's not as fast moving as other discords you're probably in go over to vognetwork.com slash discord to get the invite into that and uh we talk chat with us during the week we will not be here next week though uh because i I'm uh, going to be at Dragon Con, and I know Pod Culture says I'm homesick. I'm really sorry, man. I, hopefully, one at some point, you'll be able to make it out for another one. Uh, but Dragon Con is next week. It's kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I've been going through some stuff in my personal life, and I am ready to not have to think about some of that stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Dragon Con is next week, and I am actually going to be moderating some panels. I am uh, fortunate enough. Uh, to be once again an attending professional at Dragon Con this year. Uh, and uh, I am going to be participating in a couple of panels, uh, mostly moderating. And uh, I haven't checked the schedule to see if like these changed, so these might have changed. But there is an app, so if you go into the app, you can find me as Bobby Blackwolf in the speakers tab on the app, and then that shows exactly when I'm going to be on. Uh, and things will change, times will change, and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, I am going to be on... Uh, these uh, these panels, I'm going to kind of list them out here for the podcast audience. It's also going to be on my Twitter, and also we are posting them in the conventions channel over on our Discord server. <laughs> uh, so Friday at 2.30 in the afternoon, the panel I am moderating is, How Do You Do, Fellow Kids? Thriving on Streaming Media After 40. So this is uh, going to be in the Hilton Gallery of Six. This is in the basement of the Hilton. This is the digital media track, which is all podcasting, YouTubing, Twitching, uh. Uh, TikToking, Instagramming, anything that's digital media. Uh, that is what they covered there. It used to be the podcasting track, but it is uh, expanded for, for better. Uh, it's really great that we're bringing in other content creators from other mediums, and it's not just podcasting. Uh, the downside of this, uh, that panel, How Do You Do, Fellow Kids, Thriving on Streaming Media After 40, I did my best. I did my best. It's all white guys and one girl. And I, I wanted more diversity, but 
that's just how things th- there were some there's some high profile guests that wanted on the panel uh, a sponsor of the digital media track wanted on the panel and when they say they want to be on the panel they're on it and they're all old white guys so i um i apologize for that um and uh, it's it's all old white guys and then Phaedra Black who I've actually done panels with before she's amazing uh she's a TikToker and Twitch streamer uh and she's on it but uh, everybody else is all old white guys. And I promise you, you don't have to be an old white guy to thrive on social media after 40. Unfortunately, uh, we're, we kinda, the representation kind of got botched a little bit. So uh, we're going to do our best, though, and try to give some good advice. And hopefully there will be a lot of times at Dragon Con. The thing about Dragon Con panels is that it's not, especially that one, uh, it's more of a discussion. A lot of Dragon Con uh, panels are not like panels at other conventions. It's more of a discussion between the audience and the panelists. Yes, the panelists have microphones, but the audience is as much into this as as as, as anybody. And uh, there may be some people who do not look like me in the audience that may have some good advice. So um, looking forward to that panel, though. That's uh, that's the one I pitched. And uh, I think it, and it, a lot of people are very interested in this. And because we do have the McElroys, uh, we have two of the two of the McElroys who are from my brother, my brother and me. Uh, since they are on the panel, we're probably going to have a full room because everybody's going to want to hear what they have to say and not really what I have to say. So uh, that's what I'm doing then. I'm moderating that Saturday. I am moderating a panel in the uh, in the video game track uh, in Weston Augusta AB. So this is uh, actually I think this is the smaller of the two video game track rooms. Uh, it's called Activism in Video Gaming. And so this is a panel with uh, game developers about the history of video gaming activism and activism, activism in the games, as well as around the gaming industry and the things that we have done uh, to try to better our lives through uh, things that you might consider silly like video games. Like, I mean, like I've said before, I said this a couple of weeks ago here on the show, uh, that what I talk about here can be construed as silly, but it's a great break and a great reprieve from uh, the, either the horrors of the world or the horrors of what's going on in your personal life. Uh, and like I said, I've really needed this, and that's why I've continued to do this, even though I am, you know, being the executor of an estate uh, and, and another property and going through it and having to deal with probate and probate court and all that stuff so uh this has been a wonderful reprieve for me and dragon con is going to be a wonderful reprieve for me from that as well uh but we can use these silly things for good uh and silly things to uh further make make our lives better make everybody's lives better so that's going to be an interesting discussion i am moderating on that one uh on 2 30 that afternoon, I'm in the Hilton Gallery of Seven. Uh, so this, so these panels are not streaming. The first one, that two, the uh, the How do you do, fellow kids? The one I was talking about earlier. That one actually is going to be streaming. I forgot to mention it for the people on the podcast. It's on Twitch. It's going to be twitch.tv slash DC Digital Media is where that first panel, that How Do You Do Fellow Kids Thriving on Streaming Media After 40, you're going to be able to watch that live, and it's going to be posted up on YouTube. Um, these other uh, The activism in video games not going to be recorded, not going to be streamed, not going to be anything. So you have to be at Dragon Con uh, to, to see that. And uh, But uh, in, uh, at 2.30 on Saturday, I'm going to be in the other digital media track room. It is not going to be streamed live, but they do record those panels and probably will put it up on YouTube. Uh, but I'm actually speaking. I'm not moderating on these panels. I'm actually, I'm actually an expert on these, uh, apparently. So 2.30 p.m., shake your tail feathers. You have a podcast. Now what? So it's a bunch of podcasters who... Uh, there, there's a lot of panels about taking your first step 
into podcasting? How do you start? But then what's step two? After you've started, after you've gotten in your groove, now what do you do? Uh, so that's, I've been doing this for 17 years, so I may have some thoughts on that. And four o'clock, right after that, in the same room, so you don't even have to leave. So you have a face for radio, surviving the evolution of podcasting to video. Uh, this is uh, kind of a, a variant of a panel that I have uh, done in the past about uh, video didn't kill the podcasting star. Uh, so I've actually moderated this exact same topic uh, several years in the past, and I was asked to submit something new, and then they took this from somebody else. So this is going to be awesome uh, to actually be able to speak on it instead of having to lead the panel because somebody else is going to lead the panel. And then on Sunday, uh, these are the biggest ones that I'm going to be doing. These are both in the video game track, and I am moderating these. I am not uh, claiming to be an expert in any of these. But Sunday at 1 o'clock in uh, the Weston Peachtree Ballroom, which means it is possibly going to be available if you get the DragonCon TV streaming subscription. Probably not live, but uh, they do have on-demand panels, and this is one of those that's going to be filmed for that. The Red Dead Redemption voice actor Q&A. So uh, a bunch of voice actors from Red Dead Redemption in a big ballroom that's going to have like 300, 400 people. People are going to be submitting their questions. So I just got to get a cursory knowledge of of uh, what what they do and int- basically introduce them and then read off the questions. So that's what I'm going to be doing there. And then four o'clock on Sunday in uh, the bigger Augusta room, Weston Augusta E through H, not streamed, not recorded. Uh, but this is 30 years of Mortal Kombat. So it's actually some of the artists and designers of Mortal Kombat. And I think one of the motion capture guys, uh, they, uh, they, they're they going to be talking about uh, 30 years of Mortal Kombat. And it's going to be another one of those audience questions and things like that. So I am, uh, I am really looking forward to it. And then all the other times, I'm going to be uh, just hanging out. Uh, so there, there's uh, I'm, I'm not doing too much in one day. Uh, I'm probably going to be going around, running around with Rob, uh, because Rob's on a couple other panels as well. We unfortunately overlap on several panels, so I can't see some of his, some of his panels, but, uh, we're going to be, we're, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun. So if you're going to be at Dragon Con, uh, and want to, want to be, uh, want to, want to meet up, that's my schedule. Uh, but also you can get, get us on our discord, go to the conventions channel, uh, or reach me on Twitter. Uh, I will have my Tilt 5 with me. I don't think it'll ever leave the hotel room, but I am going to have the Tilt 5 AR uh, glasses that I had last week. I need to get the new drivers. Uh, There's also a demo pack out and and see if they've maybe fixed some of the things. Uh, Because we did get some comments in our Discord about the Tilt 5 that I talked about last week. Uh, And um, it was actually uh, his main fan in our Discord says, a guy I know who, who actually used to listen to this show, I don't know if he does or not, uh, he, he listened when I was more VR heavy. Uh, Kickstart is very unhappy with the Tilt 5, cord length, noise, board seams, blurry visuals, etc. He hopes this is faulty. Um, it's not faulty. I, I, I hate to say it, but uh, yeah, the, the cord is short. There is fan noise. Uh, you can see the seams in the board because it's a projector. It's not actually like showing the holograms in your eyes. Uh, and uh, the blurry visuals, yep, uh, there that, and that's more on the developers, the software developers, uh, than the Tilt Five. Uh, they're just not developing things correctly and not designing their UI correctly. Uh, but uh, but yes, that that is all true. As Sharon Matt does say about DragonCon, that 30 years of Mortal Kombat panel will be nice. Ed Boone has been posting some fun memories on Twitter. Ed Boone is not on the panel. So uh, I don't get to meet Ed Boone. If Ed Boone was on the panel, that would be in the ballroom. 
I am pretty sure of it. Uh, these are it, it's our artists and motion capture people uh, are going to be doing the panel. But it's also going to be awesome anyway. I think I have Mortal Kombat on Sega CD. I wonder if I can I should bring that with me. So yeah, so come uh, see us. Uh, come see me at Dragon Con. Uh, if you're going to be there, I will say that uh, about the health and safety p- guidelines, they are not requiring vaccinations. They're not requiring a test, but they are requiring everybody to be masked. Uh, how well that is followed, it remains to be seen. It was fine last time, uh, but uh, the, it, this is a different year. This is a year later. Uh, so I will be having, I've got my N95s. I bought a whole bunch of them when I did uh, Games Done Quick a couple months ago, uh, and I still have some of those, and i Learned I am perfectly capable of talking just fine inside those masks, uh, even if I'm projecting through a microphone. So uh, that that's the health and safety stuff. So if you're not comfortable yet, totally understand. Uh, I am not I, I don't judge anybody for either going or not going. Uh, it's uh, it's a, we're still in in pandemic times. As Matt says, I know Ed Boone is not on the panel, but he, there could still be some fun stories from folks that are on the panel. Yes, it's going to be fun. Uh, and unlike the Red Dead Redemption one, that's the only time that panel's being done. The Red Dead Redemption at Voice Actor Q&A, they're doing four panels. They're doing one on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I am moderating the Sunday panel. Rob actually is moderating the Monday panel. So, I'm, and, and I don't think I can go to any of the others because I think I have panels overlapping with the other, the Friday and Saturday. So I can't get a sense of what's going to be asked in there. So let's talk about some of the news that happened this week. Uh, And uh, I I know um, one thing I'm not going to be talking about is the Gamescom stuff because I didn't see it. Uh, I've uh, been, you know, dealing with a lot of personal stuff. I'm not I haven't I haven't been to my day job in a month. And so, like, normally I would be sitting here working and have the Gamescom, that one night live uh, Jeff Keighley stream. Uh, I would normally have it on another screen or I'd be keeping up with it while I was working, but I was not in a position to be able to do that. So I'm not going to be talking about any of the trailers or anything that you saw there uh, because I didn't see it. And I apologize for that. Maybe, maybe uh, somebody can call in during the second half of the show and talk about some of that stuff and tell me what I should be looking up. Which trailers should I be looking up from Gamescom? Also, I do. Apparently, we do have a date. For uh, the Game Awards, uh, which is going to be Thursday, December 8th. Uh, so maybe Vogue will be doing a live stream. I don't know. We, we may be doing uh, uh, the uh, another uh, stream, co-stream, because we are we are on Jeff Keighley's list. So we are allowed to uh, co-stream and restream uh, any of Jeff Keighley's stuff. He invited us to do Gamescom stuff. It's just in the middle of the day for us, so that's why we don't do it. As Jeremy Matt also says, I also saw none of the Gamescom stuff. Well, at least I'm not alone. Thank you so much for that. But there was news that came out this week. Polygon reports that nearly two years into the life of the PlayStation 5, Sony is taking the unusual step of raising the price of its current generation console. Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan said Thursday that the company will re- increase the retail price of the PS5 in Canada, Mexico, Europe, the UK, Australia, Japan, and China, but not, apparently, the United States. Ryan said in a post on Sony's PlayStation blog that, that high global inflation rates and adverse currency trends are impacting customers and creating pressure on many industries. Ryan blamed challenging economic conditions in announcing the decision. 
Uh, he says, quote, while this price increase is a necessity given the current global uh, economic environment and its impact on Sony's business, our top priority continues to be improving the PS5 supply situation so that as many players as possible can experience everything that PS5 offers and what's still to come, unquote. So uh, in Europe, uh, they're basically uh, going up 50 euros. Uh, in the UK, they're going up about 30 pounds. Because remember, uh, UK is not UK Brexited, so they don't use the euro; they use pounds. Uh, in Japan, it's gone up. Uh, they, they, it doesn't actually say how much it's gone up, but it's now going to be sixty thousand four hundred seventy-eight yen, uh, or forty-nine thousand uh, four hundred seventy-eight yen for the digital edition. Uh, China uh, has gone up uh, to to four thousand two hundred ninety-nine yuan. And then uh, in Australia, it went up 50 Australian dollars for both. In Mexico, it's gone up. Uh, is, is this one? It says MX dollar sign, but I thought it was pesos. So 1,000 Mexican pesos. Uh, and, uh, and then Canada, it's gone up 20 Canadian dollars. So, but not the U.S. So it is pesos. Okay, Mike Def says it is pesos. I knew Mike Def was in chat, but it's like I usually don't, I, I usually don't see MX dollar sign. And I, I, I guess that's maybe the Americanized way of saying pesos. I don't know. Uh, Sjerner Matt says, uh, I'm bad with currency value exchange rates, so I don't know how bad it is, but it's not great they're doing it. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, Meta just did this with the Quest 2. They raised them by $100 in the U.S. in August, which is why I didn't get one. But now they've, they're like, here's how you convert your Oculus account to a Meta account. Uh, and I haven't done it yet because I don't have a Quest 2 because I didn't buy one before August. So usually consoles are dropped in price over time. So now we're getting into, I guess Meta led the way, and now we're getting into the times of uh, Sony, of consoles rising in price. So maybe instead of waiting for a price cut, maybe now you should uh, get the console now before the price goes up. Just saying. Pop culture says supply and demand, still tons of de- demand and no supply. Uh, and that's with everything, not just the PS5, but also the chips underneath, the microchips and the d- d- different boards, as well as shipping. Like getting a shipping container from China, where most of these are manufactured or still right now, uh, even though I know that like the U.S. is trying to spin up more factories, those take time to build and train and hire out. I mean, that's a couple of years. You can't just spin up a, a, a microcomputer factory in, in a couple of months. Um, you know, so there's that in the shipping rates from China, just getting a shipping container. Uh, I got some, uh, I, I have some shelving units that were kickstarted and they were run by an independent company, uh, to store board games. And, uh, they ended, they had to stop because they no longer could afford, uh, getting them shipped from China. They could like, it was, they were essentially losing money. We would buy, we, what we were paying, they they were starting to lose money because all the, the all the shipping companies up their rates to a point where they couldn't continue build, doing that business, so they shut down. Uh, they they've pivoted to another thing. They're now doing a table, uh, a, a cheaper gaming table, but uh, the the board game shelves were nice. Um, they were called Box Thrones. I think it was a storemyboardgames dot com, uh, and uh, it was it was nice. But uh, we don't uh, they don't do that anymore. Because uh, they can't, they can't afford the shipping. 
Mike Daff says, I already said this on the Discord, but the P- uh, the PS5 is going up by $50 in Mexico, 50 US dollars in Mexico. But for us, it's 1,000 pesos, which is a lot. SJR Matt also says uh, that uh, Sony still makes a profit per console sold, even if, uh, even before this price increase. I get the feeling this offsets shipping, manufacturing, and material costs. At this rate, I don't expect the PSVR 2 to being that much below $500. Inflation is a killer right now, and honestly, I wonder if that will make it hard for folks to buy a PSVR 2. I think also the lack of having a PS5 is going to make it hard for you to get a PSVR 2. Paleonimea says a lot of speculations uh, is that PSVR 2 is going to be a minimum of $400, and that was before what Matt just said. I think it's going to be closer to 5 Questbuster says that, if I recall correctly, Paradox Interactive is raising their DLC prices f- to better reflect their value and urge players to get DLC for Crusader Kings 3 now if they want the lower prices. That's the first time I've seen something like that. I've seen uh, like early access games raise their price when they hit version 1.0 and come out of early access. Uh, I've seen that, but I haven't seen it with like something that was already released. They're so like, oh, yeah, no, this... We released this for five bucks. It's now ten. Same thing. The Breakman says, "I bet Sony's bosses are getting big pay raises." They are. They are. Speaking of people who are not getting uh, pay raises, possibly no, they're still getting pay raises. What are we talking about? Embracer Group, you know, the European Tencent. Uh, basically, they're buying up everybody, so Tencent doesn't buy them, and soon we're going to have just two game companies. Uh, two ga- two owners of game companies in the world. We're going to have Tencent from China and then Embracer Group from Sweden. Uh, unless, like, Saudi Arabia comes in and, like, they start buying up all things. Then we'll have three. Uh, and, uh, by the way, EA was not bought by Amazon. I did see everybody talking about that. That didn't happen. And uh, we've got S.J. and Matt talking about the last story here. I think we'll see more stores around the holidays trying to bundle more things with the purchase of PS5. You can try to get people to buy them. Not so much in the U.S. because it's unaffected here, but elsewhere I can see it. Oh, they already do that. They, they already are, are already say you can only get a PS5 if we you let us bundle in something that doesn't sell. Uh, and Newegg does that with video cards. They bundle in things that you don't need. So uh, let's talk about Embracer Group. And uh, about stock, because they're a publicly traded company. And apparently, uh, bad reviews can tank your stock. Eurogamer reports that disappointing Saints Row reviews have hit publisher Embracer's stock price. Uh, the launch of the Saints Row reboot has uh, seen the first big test for Embracer's AAA studio talent, following the company's enormous and still ongoing spree of acquisitions over the past couple of years. But the Saints Row embargo lift was met with a lackluster response from many outlets. Eurogamer's own review stated the game won't set the world alight, but noted that it still holds some pleasant surprises. Embracer Shell's shares fell around 7% overnight, Axios noted, down to a four-month low. So a bad review, or multiple bad reviews, or really just, I guess, like, not bad, but not good. Like, just like, eh, it's a game that came out in 2022, uh, dropped their stock price 7%. Uh, a, a more straight-faced reboot of the Wacky Saints Row open-world action franchise. Well, that's their problem. They were like, we want to make Saints Row 2. No, you want to make Saints Row 3 and 4. Don't make Saints Row 2. Only Loki from Orange Lounge Radio wants you to make Saints Row 2. Questions had been asked about the game's direction ever since its shaky reveal a year ago. Originally set for launch in February, the game was later delayed by six months to ultimately arrive this week. 
I miss everything. I, I miss all this stuff by not being around anything for a couple months. The Breakman says, uh, a meh review can be worse than a bad review. At least bad games are memorable. That That is true. You do remember the bad games. Uh, the games that are just like meh, you, you're kind of like, okay, that's... That that was that was definitely a game. That was one of the games of 2022, right there. Definitely a game. In the past, Embracer has stated that a strategy of having so many projects in the pipeline helps insulate itself against any single costly project failing. It has also benefited from picking up various companies and franchises at comparative uh, at comparatively low prices. Last week, Embracer announced that it intends to purchase the rights to make video games based on Tolkien's Middle Earth, including the Lord of the Rings. Middle Earth is more than just Lord of the Rings, just so you know. Uh, For what many saw as a surprisingly low amount. I can't wait for the Cimmerillion game. Prior to that, it also picked up Tomb Raider and Deus Ex developers Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal from Square Enix for a bargain $300 million. Like, yes, it's still in the millions, but it's not the billions. Uh, but clearly, Embracer is still concerned by the quality level of his projects. Just uh, just uh, earlier this week, it was reported that the publisher had indeed moved its struggling franchise Knights of the Old Republic remake to another internal studio following production problems. The Breakman says, Eh, meh, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Breakman. Fifth Dream says Agents of Mayhem was also mass. So so they're on a roll. E- ever since they just, dis- I, I think Agents of Mayhem still had like some of the the wackiness of the Saints Row or three and four. But I loved three and four. I actually liked four. A lot of people didn't like four. Uh, I loved three and four, and uh, I did not enjoy one and two of Saints Row all that much. So uh, I I was kind of sad that they went straight faced. The Breakman says, I can think of some franchise I want people to buy and make, but not them. Questbuster says, CD Projekt stock has not recovered from Cyberpunk 2077's launch, having lost something like 75% since, depending on who you ask. Apparently, like, Cyberpunk's good now. Like, apparently, like, they've, the, the couple of years has been really good to it, and they haven't really given up on it, and apparently, like, it's not as buggy. Uh, it's still, I mean, I played through the campaign, and I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, it didn't blow me away it didn't rock my socks off and i think that's that's what more people are upset about now not necessarily the bugs even though they were there were many at launch uh or or just the the fact that it didn't run too well uh in most people's systems but uh apparently they fixed all that and now you're just stuck with the the game as it is uh and uh, they have i think tweaked the story a little bit i think they've tweaked some of the stuff uh, so maybe a second playthrough won't be, uh, the, a second playthrough will probably be different if you played it at launch. Uh, but, um, and Questbuster says, I heard that too. Cyberpunk 2077 is in a good place now and they're getting ready for a story-based DLC. And he also said Ma- Agents of Mayhem had some neat moments, but there was like zero marketing for it. And Breakman says, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 released at least a year too early. Uh, I believe it did too, and I believe they had to release it because uh, they they the the investors demanded it. The people who own the company demanded it. Um, that's what happens when you're a publicly traded company, uh, and uh, you're, you're beholden to investors, and you can't 
uh, you can't upset the investors. You can't harm them. But apparently it's in a good place now. So if you want to try it, uh, now's the time, I guess. But also Cyberpunk 2077 had the hype with it. Whereas like this, this Saints Row didn't have that hype with it. Cyberpunk 2077 was apparently going to change gaming forever. It was going to be the best thing that you ever played. And uh, it didn't do that. It didn't live up to that. Whereas when The Witcher 3 came out, there wasn't that level of hype. And it wound up being really, really, really good. And so basically it beat, it exceeded expectations. So everybody put the expectations like that on Cyberpunk and it didn't meet them. Paleonimea says, didn't play uh, Cyberpunk until the recent PS5 update. Interesting story. A lot of fun. It, is, it was an interesting story. Like, it kept my attention. I did roll the credits on Cyberpunk 2077. And there's not that many games I can say that I rolled credits that are that long. Uh, it took me about 25 to 30 hours. And there's not that many games that I can say that I've rolled credits on that. But I did on Cyberpunk. Uh, so it, it kept me engaged. The Breakman says, Bobby beat a game. Yes, I did beat a game. Let's tell <laughs> We're all going to cheer for that. I actually beat a game. It was uneasy. So let's just let's let's just get that right out there. And then the last story I want to talk about is uh, is I, I usually I hate rumors and speculation, but this one seems a little plausible and it's a slow week, uh, slow news week for me. So I'm going to talk about this uh, for for. Just just because I think that this is there's a very interesting part of this. The Verge reports that a leak of potential branding for Microsoft's upcoming Xbox Game Pass family subscription suggests you'll be able to share a subscription with friends, too. Microsoft started testing its Xbox Game Pass family plan in Ireland and Colombia earlier this month, and now Twitter leaker uh, Agiro Namenti, I don't speak that language, uh, Lumia has spotted Game Pass friends and family branding. The leak could mean Microsoft isn't thinking about restricting Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers to sharing their benefits with just immediate family members. The current preview allows Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers to pay €21.99 per month in Ireland instead of the regular €12.99 per month for an unnamed test plan that includes sharing subscription benefits with up to four others. Microsoft does not currently mention a family restriction in this test plan, only for people that people need to be in the same country. So no act deft. I'm not going to be able to share with you. I'm sorry. Mike Deft. See, I even still get the name wrong. He wouldn't want me to share with him because I keep getting his name wrong. Microsoft currently offers Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass for $9.99 a month. Neither includes online multiplayer capabilities, but you can upgrade to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for $14.99. And this unlocks Game Pass for console, PC, EA Play Access, and online multiplayer. This new family plan that will now likely be branded Xbox Game Pass Friends and Family will include all of the same Xbox Game Pass Ultimate benefits for four other friends or family members. This includes access to Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox Live, and even the PC Game Pass version of games. So the interesting thing about this is that Microsoft knows that uh, people are going to be sharing these. Because people share the Nintendo online family membership with non-family members. Uh, people shared their Netflix passwords as much as Netflix hates it. Even though Netflix didn't hate it originally, but now they hate it. It's, it's kind of weird. But they, they understand that people share, uh, share that stuff. And they're sharing it with non-family. So they're like, you know what? 
you know what? And this is brilliant. Their goal, Microsoft's goal, is to get Game Pass to as many people as possible. And if that means that you're freeloading off of a friend of yours, they don't care. You're still on Game Pass. You're still in the Xbox ecosystem. Microsoft is not playing a console war. They're playing a platform war. And that includes PC and Xbox and and cloud and, and all this stuff that they're doing. Sony can play the console war all they want in Microsoft's eyes. Because, yeah, the PS5 may have the better console, but Xbox is going to have the better platform. And that's why Microsoft is like, you know what? You're not related? Fine. Let them use your Game Pass. Give them a a family account on on your Game Pass. Give them friends and family. And that way, more people get into Game Pass. And they don't frown on it. They don't get upset. Uh, and, And I think that's... It's just another way that Microsoft is playing the platform war and not necessarily a console war because you can gift it to somebody who doesn't have an Xbox. They may have a PC. S. Jared Matt says, sharing services become commonplace now. They all know you share your streaming services logins and they're fine with it. It just makes sense that they're doing this with Game Pass. If this is true, I think it, it's, it's another brilliant way of getting Game Pass to more people because... Uh, it is the greatest deal in gaming. And I understand PlayStation Plus Ultimate exists now. And that's a great... Uh, and it, there's a lot of great things on it, especially if you're into the backwards compatibility on the cloud. Um, there's a lot of great stuff on that service. Um, I still think that Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. And, uh, I mean, Death Stranding is now on PC Game Pass, by the way. Uh, so you can play that on the PC... If you, if you if you have it, and it's on Game Pass. I also played a game very recently on Game Pass, that, yesterday actually. Uh, it came out, uh, it's, a, it's an indie puzzle game called Shenzhen IO. And uh, this is another one of those games that teaches you programming and teaches you computer concepts, kind of like a human resource machine uh, that, that I've talked about in the past. So what Shenzhen IO is, is you have, it's a puzzle type game, but you're building circuits and you're programming microchips. Uh, so, and you're using very rudimentary assembly to do this. And uh, you, you, so you have to actually like place the portions of the chip, uh, place the, the control, the microcontrollers on the board and you have to wire them and you can't have like the you don't it's not in 3D so you have to actually like place everything and put the correct wires and have things connect up uh and then you've got to write the assembly code and it grades you on how much power you're using cuz the more assembly code you write uh the more power it consumes uh how much money it costs because each component adds money uh, and stuff it's really interesting um it does not hold your hand all that well uh, it actually comes with a 46-page PDF that they actually recommend you print out and put in a three-ring binder. Like, we have hole punches anymore. This is not the 90s. But uh, that's what they recommend, and that way you flip through it to get all the, the electronics instruction and all the schematics and the, the, uh, the, the algorithms and things like that. So it's really kind of interesting. It is on PC Game Pass. So you can try it out there. It is not on Xbox, but really you need like a mouse and keyboard for this. You couldn't do it on Xbox controller. S. Jared Matt says, step one, acquire a ton of studios. Step two, 
put those game releases on Game Pass. Step three, when a large majority of consumers have Game Pass, increase the price. The Breakman says, I spent my week playing only games I got on Game Pass. And he says, uh, you do lose subscriptions when you increase prices. Yes, but not for long. And usually new people will come in on the service if you give them a reason that will offset that. Uh, and as Sharon Matt says, you won't lose uh, lose the, the subscription if the service becomes a routine for people. Also, they're not going to increase the price anytime soon. I think they're. I don't think they're going to be doing that anytime soon. They, Microsoft wants people on the platform, and they don't have that number. They don't have their target number yet. They've got a lot, but they don't have their target number yet. Fifth Dream says, Game Pass Silver, play a large library of games as a part of your sub. Game Pass Gold, only $15 extra a month to unlock the last two hours of the games. Well, that would suck. The Bregman says, but just to be clear, even if they raise the Game Pass prices, I am so happy with Game Pass that I wouldn't unsubscribe. See, if they make a service that you feel is worth any price increase, then you'll stick around. And the majority are going to be like that. And as Sharon Matt says, Game Pass is very parent friendly. By the console, by the service, kids leave them alone. So we are going to take a quick music break, and then we will uh, be back. And maybe uh, you can call in uh, over on our Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Go into the green room voice chat channel so I can see you. Uh, and maybe there was something at Gamescom that I should check out because I literally have not looked at anything from Gamescom. Uh, I know it happened. I know a lot of people had a, a very enjoyable time at the public version, uh, at the public side of things. I know that the business side, because Gamescom's one of those uh, con- uh, trade shows that does probably what E3 should do. They have a th- like three business days and then three uh, open to the public days, three public days. And there are companies that show up for the business days and then leave, and they're they're not there for the public portion. Uh, and there's some companies that that uh, exhibit for both. Uh, and so that's what Gamescom does. And I think they're like they're just wrapping up the public days of Gamescom today. Uh, the the business days were earlier in the week. Uh, but maybe there was stuff at Gamescom I should check out. So this will be the time to tell me about it. And if you don't want to call in, you can just tell me in chat, and then I will let the podcast audience know. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. This is Commodore Lawson of the LTE Bridge, and you're participating with the Bobby Blackwolf Show. That's right, Artemis. I don't actually. I didn't check to see if the Artemis uh, spaceship simulator is going to be back at Dragon Honey. Was at Southern Fried Gaming Expo, uh, so I know he's doing conventions again. I don't know if he's doing Dragon Con or not. I did not check. Uh, but LTEBridge.com, they do. Uh, they go to many conventions and set up the Artemis. Uh, spaceship Simulator, which is a combination LARP and uh, video game where you're basically piloting a starship like the Enterprise, and uh, but everybody in your group has a diff- is on a different station. So you got one person as the captain who has nothing in front of them. They just bark orders at everybody. Uh, and then you've got one person in your navigation, one person on weapons, one person engineering, communication, stuff like that. So uh, he, uh, he usually does Dragon Con or has been doing Dragon Con. He even had two bridges, so you could actually have two ships fighting each other. Uh, and it was cool. So I'm going to check to see if uh, 
if he's doing it again. So, uh, yeah, this is the point where uh, we uh, take some calls. If somebody is in the green room, we're going to see here. I do not see anybody in the green room yet. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, Questbuster says there are LARP missions in the new Saints Row. Well, there you go. Game of the year right there. Uh, but some people were talking about uh, like things at Gamescom that they wanted to see. And Mike Def says Lies of P was probably one of the games that caught most people's attention. And during the music break, I just Googled Lies of P. Uh, and um, Lies of P, this is what it says, is an upcoming dark take on the story of Pinocchio in the form of a Bloodborne-inspired Souls-like. Friggin' souls. Friggin' souls. So that's what came up on Google. Uh, Dark Tetsia says, There was one announcement I was curious to hear more about Moonbreaker from the Subnautica developers. Apparently it's emulating a tabletop game that you can even custom paint your minis before you play. But is it a Souls-like? Because that's the thing that uh, th- that I need to know. In fact, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll Google it right now and see if I can fi- find this. Moonbreaker. What is it? Moonbreaker. I'm typing live on the air. Uh, turn-based strategy tabletop tactics game developed by Unknown Worlds. Um, it is designed... Uh, oh, okay. I was reading something different, and then I was like, I'm going to read more of this, and it's... Yeah. It is designed as true digital miniatures experience set in an expansive sci-fi universe crafted by best-selling sci-fi and fantasy author Brandon Sanderson. Through accessible turn-based comp- competitive gameplay, ongoing content releases, and deep customization, Moonbreaker offers a variety of gameplay experiences for all types of players. So, uh, turn-based is interesting. Like I, I, I'm into turn-based. Like I, if I, I wish I had uh, time to play more Civilization. So, uh, so, so I, I, I'm all about the turn-based stuff. I will look up Moonbreaker. I do see the Steam page. It's in early access. Uh, releasing on September 29th is when this is coming out. And uh, there is a playtest. Uh, it's closed right now, but there is a playtest for it. Michigan says, I want Lies of P. Well, then you can get Lies of P and tell me how it is, because I'm totally not going to play it. The Breakman says, Civilization isn't a game, it's an addiction. He's right. He's right, you know. So, yes, Lies of P... Uh, is uh, it's a, inspired by the familiar story of Pinocchio. Lies of P is an action Souls-like game set in a Dark Bell epoch world. Guide Pinocchio on his unrelenting journey to become human. S. Jeremiah says, just one more turn. Until eternity. That's how I feel. That's why I never start playing Civilization. I have not opened Civilization in my in, in Steam in years because I just don't have eight hours in a row to lose like that. Mishkin says, I know you're not into Souls likes, Bobby, but I will let you know what I think when I get it. Awesome. Thank you so much. See, that's why I lo- love having live chat because if I am not into a game, one of y'all are, and you can tell me what it's like. And that way, we all know what it's like. And I don't have to play it myself. This is also why I no longer review games, by the way. 
I uh, I used to actually review games, gave grades and stuff, and got review copies and had you know talked to PR people, and that's this is why I don't anymore because so many of the games that come out now are not one I would enjoy, and so it's not fair to the game to have me review it. Um, and so that's why I don't. That's why I'll, you always see me do impressions because I don't review games. I give my impressions of a game and then let you make your own decision and ask questions and things like that. The Breakman says, did you try Civ Res- Re- uh, Revolution? It's Civ Lite. Oh, I love I bought that game the day it came out on Xbox 360, and it is there behind me some is a bunch of Xbox 360 games, and I guarantee you Civilization Revolution is there, but it was also like the free Xbox Live game one month. So I have it digitally, and I've got the physical copy here. I love Civ Revolution. And honestly, if you've never played a Civilization game, try Civilization Revolution. I believe it's even it's a, got a mobile version as well, uh, and it's a very good primer on how Civilization works and how to play Civilization, so then you can upgrade to getting one of the getting into the real Civilization games because you've got a baseline knowledge, you've got the basics down, which is what Revolution teaches you. Uh, Questbuster says, Forspoken showed off more combat footage, which looks great, but I'm still a bit concerned about how the open-ish world will play out. And then SJR Nomad says, I'm preparing High on Life. Uh, I'm preparing for High on Life, which is the first-person shooter from the makers of Rick and Morty with the talking weapons, uh, to be the most annoying game. But I'm strangely interested in it. Yeah. It's annoying like most things Rick and Morty does, and that's why everybody loves them is because they're annoying. Uh, and uh, and I say that as somebody who's bought other Rick, actual Rick and Morty games. I've actually got the VR uh, Rick and Morty game, which I've played like once. It's by the same people that make Job Simulator, and I really enjoyed jo- Job Simulator. Uh, and so I got the Rick and Morty game because it was essentially that, but in the Rick and Morty universe. And I it, I get Rick and Morty. I get why, why it's popular. It's just not for me. Questbuster says, also announced at Gamescom, Dune is getting a survival game adaptation. I mean, Dune's a survival anyway, survival thing anyway. Farm the spice. So coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vlog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and we like to check in with them and see what's going on in their side of the world and uh, what they're going to be talking about this week uh, and maybe see if they ta- saw Gamescom or anything about Gamescom. Uh, Sacramento, are you there? Hi, Bobby. I'm here. How are you? Uh, I am doing well. So uh, did you watch any of the Gamescom anything, <laughs> any trailers after the fact? <laughs> I know you didn't watch it live because it was like at 2 yeah. o'clock Eastern, which is like super bad time for the West Coast. Yeah, right snack in the middle of the day um, for me. So, yeah, uh, I had to catch up on things after the fact. Uh, Probably Dead Island 2, I think, was the thing that struck me as most interesting because I I feel like it literally came out of nowhere. I mean, yes, the last E3 I went to, it was that Mm -hmm. long ago, I remember seeing Dead Island 2. And so, and then I think most of us just kind of figured, oh, it's it's not happening at this point. Something happened. Are we sure it's not Goat Simulator 3? Uh, mm, good question. Uh, 
fairly sure. I think those were two separate things that we saw. Uh, but yeah, now Dead Island 2 has uh, got a whole uh, release date and everything. I just hope that doesn't bode like a Duke Nukem Forever type of situation for it. Because I feel like Duke Nukem Forever then just happened one day as well. So, um, but we're, we're going to think positively, even though the first game was kind of a mess too, but we're just, which, you know what? It's comfort food for some people. I get it. Which Dead Island was one of the last games Vogue got as a review copy, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And they sent two of us copies yeah. because they wanted us to try the multiplayer. So both you and I got copies and I think you did the review for it. I did. Yeah, it was a while ago, and I don't think I gave it a good review, which no, is probably, probably why we never got it again. But it is what it is. I'm, yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. So uh, Mike Dev says, Goat Simulator 3 happened, and then the devs remembered that they had to finish the game. That's, it's been that's in what development it is. Hell. Yeah, it's been in development hell and probably licensing hell, because that was, that was the old THQ stuff, and mm-hmm. it was under that umbrella. Um, I will say the other thing that caught my eye, a lot of my friends in the horror circuit have been really um, talking about the killer clowns from outer space announcement, because okay. that is that's like a, a B movie from the 80s. That's, yep. you know, kind of like one of those cult classic mm-hmm. things that you don't hear much about. So the fact that they're like getting this game now, which I, apparently is by the people that made Friday the 13th, which was that Friday the 13th was a great game when it came out. Like, honestly, it was, um, it could have given dead by daylight, essentially a run for its money. And I would say the two, but the problem, then it got tied up in licensing hell with, yeah. with Jason and that. And so, and so it really, that game kind of came and went as fast as it showed up, but there were some clever things that game. So it, it taking, you know, obviously, you know, dead by daylight has the four V one horror stuff really right. cornered right now. So this idea of going like a complete, I don't know if this is going to end up being a four V one game or what it is, but just this idea of like, Oh, let's go sci-fi camp with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what they come up with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, is it going to be a souls like though? Cause I thought everything's got to be a souls like now. Apparently. I would be I would be surprised if this was a souls like. <laughs> I'd be very surprised. Yeah. So uh, I, I get it's kind of felt like a slow news week to me, but also I haven't been around. So it's like I look in the Discord to see what people are talking about. And we didn't see that much going on this week other than the price increase. What else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Uh, well, game, Gamescom was kind of the big one, and they, yeah. they really like put it all in that um, uh, front-loaded. Um, but anyway, uh, there are some other things going on this week. So we'll talk about, um, oh, what Netflix show got the axe this week? It's a video game-related one, and it probably surprises nobody that watched it. But we'll talk about that. Also, which I think is very interesting, a, a DRM company with a lot of controversy out there is saying they're going to take on... Switch piracy, um, trying to bring an end to Switch emulation, because I'm not sure how up and up you are. Um, I'm not It's completely either, um, but uh, apparently the Switch is fairly emulatable right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's one thing when you're emulating systems that are 25, 30 years old and, and no longer in the current market, but to be emulating something current, that's kind of an issue. Um, so uh, it's interesting to see that the DRM company is, is threatening to take this on, and that could be very... Um, um, it could be very interesting, so we'll see where that ends up. So we'll talk about that and and Flight Simulator. Oh, talk about all that coming I, up. Yeah, I, I got to update my Flight Simulator. I looked at my uh, my plan, my my uh, data cap, and I'm like well mm-hmm. under my data cap, so I need to like boot up all my flight simulators and get all my updates because they're well, world updates or gigs, gigs and gigs. 
It was going to be a huge update in November, so oh. be prepared for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and the Switch being emulated, I mean, the Switch is just two Wii U's duct taped together, which is just two Wii's duct taped together, which is just two mm-hmm. GameCube's duct taped together. So it's a whole lot of duct tape and GameCubes, and so I'm not surprised they've so got it emulated. 16 GameCubes. Yes, 16 GameCubes, okay. all duct taped together in one giant Katamari. Orange Sound Trio. I still can't get F-Zero GX on one of those games. You know, I mean, they keep making these games based around these characters in Super Smash Brothers. It's great to see. I want to see a game made around Captain Falcon. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make a game based on the little ice climbers. Like, you know, come on. Give me a game based on Captain Falcon. (laughs) Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. And see you in a couple days. See you in a few days, assuming my travel plans don't get messed up. But I'll get into that later. Well. I will see you in a few days. I'm going to be optimistic about this. Good, good. Me too. All right. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will not be back next week. I will be back in two weeks here on the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash vlog network. I'm going to be at Dragon Con next week doing uh, six panels Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go find Bobby Blackwolf on the app. You can also go to my Twitter, at Bobby Blackwolf. You can see the same schedule that I've been popping up on the, the stream here. Uh, and you can see it there. Uh, and uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll run into you there. And we can talk podcasting or gaming or twitching or just drinking. Because that's what you do at Dragon Con. Is re- that's really what you do is you drink at all times. That's really what it is. Uh, so, yeah, so I am on uh, Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. Uh, maybe I'll put a TikTok up on Bo- Bobby Blackwolf. I don't know. I, I, I think I want a TikTok, and then I never do. So I'm, I'm a terrible content creator. But I'm here on Twitch, and I do the podcast. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. And if you check the show out because you saw me at Dragon Con, because this is the most recent episode on the feed, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed what you heard. Uh, I hope that you uh, find enough here that you're going to tune in next week. Uh, but if not, that is totally fine. Thank you so much for spending some time uh, and making it here to the end with me. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I hope uh, I hope you do well. So uh, that is it. I'm going to go ahead and hit the button once I find where the button is. That plays. There, there's outro music. There's the button. Thought I lost the button. No, nope. I hit the button. It was the correct button. And I'll see you in, see you in two weeks or maybe next week at Dragon Con. Be good, y'all. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.